every Sunday to you, whoever's listening. May God be um, blessing you and being with you in this time, whatever you're doing. Appreciate you listening. Um, I wish I had these podcasts when I was a new Christian. <laughs> Might have skipped 10 years of learning. But um, yeah. Um, want to talk today about the, the difficulties in finding a church and um, what you should do instead. You know, I um, struggled in the church for over 10 years um, to find the right church, to find one that was biblical, that knew what they were talking about, um, where the pastor walked the walk. Um, not so much church shopping, but finding something that's biblically and theologically grounded, um, something that's full of the spirit. And there's something that is very difficult to find, let me tell you right now. I have been to many a church, all denominations, all creeds, and there is a major disconnect between the relationship with Jesus Christ and the church today. The reality is the enemy has infiltrated large swathes of the church, and even through minor small things have distracted away from true worship of the Creator, true worship of Jesus Christ. Um, and it can be very small things. Um, by not quite correctly understanding the relationship um, we have with the Father, and the relationship we also have with the Son, the relationship between the Father and the Son is one big way things people are tripped up. Another major way is the idea of having an external sign of internal holiness is a major issue. And then also um, unbiblical teachings and sometimes heretical teachings that happen within the church that dishonor the direct word of God. Misinterpretations of poor translations, um, biblical edicts that make no sense, hypocrisy, there's so much hypocrisy in the church. And um, ideas that sound good but aren't uh, rooted in the true gospel, the authentic gospel, um, a gospel of salvation. The gospel of salvation is rarely found and often not understood. The reality is too many Christians, uh, many Christian pastors, you know, they may have received the Holy Spirit. That's not my place to say if they have or they have not. It's the external signs of their life that show how well they've been affected by their relationship with God. But certainly a great many of them don't walk the walk, leaving you questioning, well, these guys have a lot of money and I don't really see them really helping people. And they seem to be talking about their shoes more they are talking about the actual word of God the sign of the, the dead wolves leading the sheep astray. This is illustrated by an example today. My, my lovely wife and I, um, she had a phone call scheduled with a friend of hers that fell through. So I said, okay, well, how about we go to church this morning? There's that new church that opened up. What do you think? She said, oh, okay, that's a nice idea. Um, we are passionate born-again Christians, but we rarely go to church. Um, really because I feel so uncomfortable during church services. I'm not a church person in the sense that there's a lot of rigmarole, there's a lot of formality, there's not a lot of scripture. It's, you know, very, it's, it's often a environment that doesn't contain a lot of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't contain a lot of the gospel. And you don't feel that presence and Shekinah of God in a space. Um, rarely have I encountered that. But when I have, it's special. Um, the last service we went to was um, one up the street, an Episcopal church during the lockdown. And um, we used to go to an Episcopal church. It became somewhat problematic in terms of their beliefs. 
wrongly interpreting the Bible. Um, but we went to an Episcopal church, and um, the well, it was dreadful. <laughs> it was really dreadful. They had two pastors. One talked about the, the coronavirus vaccine for so long, very uncomfortable. And the next pastor got up, and he talked more really about this himself than anything else. It was an intellectual understanding of the gospel without the grace. It was astonishing. Where was the grace in it? Who knows? He talked more about himself. And this is Chloroquine. Well, today we decided, okay, let's um, try this new church. It just opened up in town. It's called Unity Church. Let's go check it out. So just before I put clothes on, well, not that I'm naked, but, you know, put more formal clothes on, um, at least jeans, um, maybe curl my hair. Yeah, I looked at the website for Unity Church, and, and the first page I jumped to is, first of all, the time. The second, then, is I jumped to um, their theological understanding of Scripture. Now, as a Bible scholar and as a Christian who passionately wishes to put his relationship with Jesus Christ above all things and study the Word intently, um, I have a fairly good understanding at this point about what I know is true just based on my reading of Scripture. Basic cursory and in-depth investigation, including translation. Um, I wouldn't say I know more than a lot of people, but I know enough that I know what's wrong and I know what's right. And um, it's very easy to know what's right because your spirit sings, right? Um, and it's in Scripture. Nothing that, nothing that, um, nothing will contradict what's in the Word of God. Um, but this this first church, I look at their website, I look at their background. First thing they believe is that all religions are, are equal. I mean, oh my goodness. <laughs> Another Unitarian Universalist approach, a church in, in only in name, that kind of thing. I mean, come on, all religions are equal. What absolute tosh. Christianity has an exclusive truth claim. It is through Jesus and Jesus alone that we are saved. I'm sorry, every other religion is wrong. I'll say it. I, I, Christians are told to be so tolerant these days. It's you, 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 you tolerate someone beating up your dog and say, oh, Jesus wouldn't have you do anything. No. With it, <laughs> so many religions, religions and denominations lead people astray. And Christianity is bad enough with um, so many falsehoods taught in churches today. It, it really is astounding. But um, other religions, they do not offer the, the joy and the salvation that Jesus Christ offers. So <laughs> that was easy. No need to comb my hair and put on jeans. We then say, okay, well, there must be a church in town we can go to. So we said, oh, we drove past another church the other day. It was, I think, called Foursquare. I thought, okay, let's, um, it looked nice. They were setting up tents outside. It looked like it was a big church. Big churches can sometimes be good. Um, just depends on the pastor. We check out their theological grounding. And this church and another church, which is an um, a, um, what's the word, Char more charismatic Pentecostal church, both believe that the physical manifestation of the Spirit, the primary one, is the speaking of tongues. And I looked at my wife and said, this doesn't make any sense to me, does it to you? And she said, no. We said, that isn't biblical. And we both agreed it was not. Sure enough, opening our Bible to 1 Corinthians, I think it's um, 11, maybe 12, 10, somewhere around there, 10, 12, 11, 10, 11, 12. 
it's in that section it talks about spiritual gifts and um, it specifically says that some gifts are for certain purposes and you go we went and read about acts then about glossalia which is this ability as i understand tongues that you're spontaneously able to speak a language you've never learned there are true accounts of this happening to missionaries in the field this is what happened to the disciples they received glossalia the gift of tongues and they were able then to go around the world and preach the gospel even though they didn't know the language astonishing i wouldn't mind learning a few languages that way my chinese would be much better than it is um, so what is this tongues that they're talking about because i've been saved my wife has been saved we've definitely been saved like oh my goodness <laughs> i'll tell you my testimony i talked to a friend yesterday and it's it's i i did a one i did a 180 a 360 a 1080 i turned around so fast and i can't say my life was perfect but my life did change that day i did receive the holy spirit so did my wife she changed from being a party girl to being just such a godly woman of faith and we both have that supernatural encounter with the spirit we know we've been saved and we're walking on that way it's a narrow way but we walk upon it so the idea now that i've never received the gift of tongues she's never received the gift of tongues we both know we've been saved we both know we have an intimate relationship with the lord What's this thing called tongues then? Why don't we have it? it? Surely if God wanted it for his children, those who believed in him, he would have given it to them, right? I didn't I didn't receive it. She didn't receive it. What is going on here? Doing more research into it. You know, I've always been uncomfortable with tongues in church. When I hear it, I hear my father do it. Um, my father's first spiritual experience was in a... Um, uh, well, I guess it's called a sex cult now. It was um, he. I don't think he knew better at the time. I I, I feel very sorry for him, but he went through that. Um, but his story is not my story to tell. Um, but it made me also doubt from a young age when I, you know, after I learned that, and then looking back, well, how could the spirit exist in such a space, right? And then other people have tried to teach me how to do tongues before and I've spoken in tongues and they said that's it but really what it is it's just gobbledygook language the words are different no one understands it there's no interpreter the scripture says that whenever someone speaks in tongues there should be no more than three and there should be an interpreter never an interpreter I've seen YouTube videos of so-called pastors really false prophets who predict so many things oh my goodness none of them come true but when one comes true they delete the rest of their videos and say hey look look at the date I prophesized it unbelievable some of these guys unbelievable look how many deleted videos they'll have and you'll see but they speak in tongues and it just leaves me cold you know and when, when i hear that when i feel the spirit i feel that the spirit move with heat I, these things leave me cold what is this tongues it's it i mean to think of it as ecstatic language is fine it can be a language of ecstatic expression to god but this is not the gift of tongues as described in scripture that is the ability to speak a language you do not know so when a church is saying to you that you have not been saved unless you're able to speak in tongues is an enormously problematic thing to say. First of all, it's divisive. When people are then speaking in tongues, they, ha they have pride. Pride is the downfall of humanity. Scripture teaches us that. It's the anti-God state of mind. Pride is awful. People have spiritual pride. What's worse than spiritual pride? My goodness, what's worse than that? Oh, my. And then people who don't have it are like, well, how come they have it and I don't? Because that's the external sign of their internal state of holiness. How nonsense is that? 
And yet there are two, past, the two mainstream denominational churches in this area, and many others, who believe exactly the same thing. When you're able, when that becomes your primary means of showing your spiritual advancement, as if there's such a thing of self-improvement in Christianity, it's not. It's, it's surrender and sacrifice of self. But the idea that you can um, externalize and show that internal state of purity, and it's as easy as, as speaking gobbledygook, and then people say, oh, wow, he's speaking in tongues. No, you're speaking gobbledygook. Where's the interpreter? How come you're not speaking Chinese or Finnish or Russian? Why is it, why is it just random words? And why are his random words different? Why can't you understand each other? Where are the interpreters? Nonsense. This is a big problem in Christianity of people show, showing externals of faith. You, I mean, I have, I have a Christian shirt on right now, but it just so happened it was at a thrift store. But a lot of people wear Christian shirts. Oh, I love Jesus, or they wear Jesus on their hat. Do they? Not my place to judge, but show through actions, right? We are to be the salt of the earth. We're not meant to be so exclusionary as Christians and live, live in isolation. We're supposed to be out in the world ministering the gospel to others as gospel of hope. The reason why we have hope. So the very idea now of a spiritual hierarchy is problematic. The idea too that this is the external sign of being saved is also problematic. Some denominations, they say, oh, it is by um, baptism that you are saved. You have to be baptized. Well, baptism is an important means that's been in the church, the ecclesia, for many thousands of years to show that change of spirit that comes when you receive the Holy Spirit. You think about it, baptisma means to, in Greek, to dunk on the head with water. It's very symbolic. When you're under the water, your eyes are open and you can't really see. You're letting out air. Everything is murky. You can't hear much. The water is blocking your ears, right? And then when you're pulled up from the water, the sun is clear. Things are clear again. Your eyesight is clear. It's very symbolic. Very symbolic. But the idea that you are saved simply from being baptized is erroneous. The idea that you can be saved without being baptized and um, it's also ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, the that you can be saved without receiving the Holy Spirit is ridiculous. And this is something that's taught in a lot of Catholic um, denominations. Um, they believe that you have to be baptized and then receive all these sacraments and then you're going to be saved. There's a lot of misconceptions and the enemy has really thrown a, a spanner in the works when it comes to Christian denominations because he's infiltrated the church and he's turning people who are genuinely seeking the Lord. They're not worshipping the Lord. They're not. The same thing goes for when you have external symbols of faith, like the cross. A lot of people venerate the cross to the point of idolatry. Why would you celebrate the wood that Jesus died on and not the person who died for you? When we have that symbol of the cross, often people have problems with the, the idea that it's a white Jesus. It's beside the point. There shouldn't be any depictions of Jesus. I see a lot of depictions of Jesus. The, the Muslims have it right on that. They have no symbols of, of God. They have no pictures of God allowed and no pictures of Muhammad allowed. What does that do? You're not focusing now your faith on a statue. That's border, borderline idolatry. That's borderline idolatry. 
the relationship you have with Jesus Christ is not a relationship you have with religion. Religion is very destructive for that relationship, the genuineness and purity of that relationship. There's a, a great book I'd recommend you reading. Um, my, um, my friend recommended it to me. I'm blanking on the title. It's about a Chinese man who receives the Holy Spirit. I can see the picture of the book in my head, but the title will come to me. Um, okay, it was a um, very good book, very spirit-filled, incredible, uh, amazing things that happened in that book for this man as he in his spiritual journey. Um, one of the things that really stuck out to me was that they had such genuine faith. When people received the Holy Spirit, had this genuine faith in the Lord, it was beautiful. People would go from church to church. God was speaking to them. God was revealing things to them and things they should do. Really a mystical journey. It was beautiful. And then when the Western churches brought in mainstream denominationalism, people started to split. And they said, you're not a real Christian because you believe this. Said, you're not a real Christian because you believe that. And I don't believe that either. So we, we can't be friends. What nonsense and divisiveness that is occurring in a church. <laughs> it really is astonishing. The, the fact that churches can have such developed dogma that is unbiblical really astounds me because the truth is very simple. And Christians, Christians should agree on the truth. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he died for us so that through the relationship he has with his Father, we can also have a relationship with the Father too. We are saved through asking upon him. We receive the Holy Spirit, which is an act of grace, not of works. And through him, then we find eternal life. We live then on this narrow path that is found and bound in Scripture, um, a path of, of discipline and morality and obedience to God. Our role in life is to, is to worship the Creator, to sacrifice ourselves and allow God to fill us with His Spirit to become like His Son. The fruits of the Spirit, it's not um, speaking in tongues. The fruits of the Spirit, Scripture says, I'm not making this up, is love, charity, gentleness, they're all the fruits of the Spirit. That's also 1 Corinthians. Right in between where it talks about you're not to look at tongues, you look to look at the fruit of the Spirit. And then it says, well, what is love? The, the greatest of all these things is love. What is love? The first thing he says is love does not boast. This is not a state where you are to boast about your spiritual advancement. It is a quiet relationship you have with the Father. I was to my wife about this the other day. We were talking about what some pastor said or something, which was ridiculous. I said, And she was telling me about it. I said, you know, I can care less what that pastor thinks because my eyes are on Jesus. I could not care less. If you, there's a, now, there's another Christian who we're talking and I can offer maybe some advice about dealing with pornography, which I finally conquered. Wonderful. That was a demon for many years. Since I was nine years old, I was exposed to my first image and it was ruined my childhood, um, ruined a lot of my adulthood too. If it's something like that that I can give biblical advice on because I've removed that speck from my eye and now it's no longer conquering me, I'd love to help my Christian brother with that. But in terms of some spurious dogma that some preacher is pastor, um, pastoring, there's nothing to do with me. My relationship is with Jesus and Jesus alone. Not some pastor, not some priest, not some nun, not some monk. No one but the Father. No one but the Son. No, no one but the Holy Spirit. Those three... Trinity will get to another time. That's not the, the talk for this conversation, but um, 
the difficulties in finding a church. We wanted to go and just worship with other Christians today. But if we're not even worshiping at the same prayer book, we can't even agree on basics. And the basics, it's a shorter list than they make it out to be. It's a very short list, right? We don't need to get into certain things about dogma. We don't need to police that and make that a part of faith. Hey, if you don't believe this, you can't really come and worship with us because that's not what we believe in. I don't want to go to a church service where half the, the congregation starts speaking in tongues, supposedly tongues. And I think, oh, well, what is this? Weren't we, worship, weren't we reading the Bible? Weren't we worshiping Jesus? What's this look at me, look at me attention for? See how the enemy has infiltrated? It's very important to see this. Very important. Because the obstacles placed in the Christian's way are, they are surmountable. You have to ignore religion. <laughs> ignore it. Absolutely ignore it. If you are any denomination, Protestant, Catholic, Orthodox, whatever it is, you need to get back to a relationship with Jesus Christ, not a relationship with a church, religion, with a priest or a pastor. The relationship you have has to be intimate and has to be with the Lord. It is not bound in tradition like that. It's just not. <laughs> it's not the um, motorcycle gangbanging um, biker um, with tattoos who used to get in street fights or the ex-convict who murdered someone and, has, it, and spent 15 years in jail and is now out. When both of them found the Lord, they have, they have more in common. They have that undiluted, raw Christianity. I'm not saying anything about their past lifestyle because forgiveness comes from the, from the Father through the Son. They've forgiven. When they repent, they've forgiven. They're a new creation. They have more authentic faith than 99% of the people that you'll meet in church who go once a week on a Sunday and they forget about their faith. They're out preaching the gospel to other gangbangers, other gang members, and they, some of them are getting shot for it. Because, hey, that guy who used to be the baddest guy in town, he's now a born-again Christian. He's talking about this guy, Jesus. He's full of this thing called the Holy Spirit, and he wants to give me this life too. That is raw street evangelism. It's not... There's no cameras, there's no YouTube followers, there's no thousands of people saying, oh, bravo, look at this man. There's none of this speaking in tongues. It's raw, undiluted gospel that's going right where it needs it, to the hurt, the downtrodden, the people who commit a grave sin and they're locked into sin. Jesus gives them hope, right? That is, they, have, they are more authentic Christians than churchgoers. How about that? That should probably be the title of this podcast. Why the gangbanging, tattooed, biker, or the guy who did life for 15 years is more of a Christian than 99% of the people who go to church. And that's the reality of it. <laughs> it's unbelievable, but it's true. Those people who've been brought up in the Christian faith, there's an enormous amount of obstacles in your way before you meet the Holy Spirit. Enormous. One of them is the surrendering of self, the surrendering of ego. They're reaching a rock bottom, realizing you can't manage your own life, and then asking Jesus Christ into your life. The most difficult thing in this whole journey is to humble yourself enough to allow Jesus Christ to come into your life. That is the most difficult thing for people to do. That is why Scripture says it's the most difficult thing for a rich man to enter heaven. It's difficult, not impossible. It's a mistranslation to say it's impossible. It's extremely difficult for the rich man to enter heaven. Because like that camel, they have to unload every bag off the camel in order to get it through that narrow gate. 
if you live too comfortable a life, you're never going to seek on the Lord. Because you know what? And I've been there too. I've been in a place where I am singing, worshiping, clapping, praising the Lord. When and I'm, I, I'm, and then I have a good life and I forget about Him. And then a sorrow happens and I'm praying out to God. You, if you read like the book of Joshua, you read the book of Judges. This is the same formula the Israelites went through all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout it. They're constantly saying. Oh, when times are good, they go, they worship Baal or Astaroth or they worship Moloch. Then when times are bad, they worship God and God comes and he saves them. He saves them through a person. Always he sends someone. He doesn't send a system or money or anything like that. He sends a person. Very often they just have that person killed. <laughs> Giving some inconvenient truths, right? Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. So it is very difficult today to find a good biblical church. Is it too much to ask even to find a good biblical church? Now, I'm not talking about the type of church that maybe agrees with political opinions. You know, there are biblical politics. Politics are present in the Bible. There are certain non-negotiable issues. I read a ridiculous Newsweek article. Oh, it was about maybe six, seven months ago, eight months ago. And it was giving... Um, an account of why abortion is not a problem with the Bible. Huh? <laughs> so this um, very secular author decided, oh, okay, um, I want to let you know all about, um, um, lost my train of thought. Oh, I want to let you know that it's okay, by the way, if you're Christian to have an abortion. What utter nonsense. Open your Bible. This does not say that. All lives are sacred in the Lord. The Lord may not say, by the way, in the case of Roe v. Wade, dot, 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 or give examples of, okay, you're pregnant, or whatever. He doesn't say that. All lives are sacred. All lives matter. <laughs> you know, when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't say black lives matter. He said all lives matter. That's why he did it. That's why he did it. Inconvenient truth sometimes we have as Christians. Inconvenient. If, if you're wondering about your relationship with the Lord right now, if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, you can do the same thing I did, which is simply to ask. Realize that you are not in a good place in life. Realize you've messed up. You may have needs that have not been met. They may be relationship needs, they may be sustenance needs, they may be most probably existential needs, needs of the spirit. Realize that those things are lacking from you. I'm not, I'm not going to say that God's going to give you that relationship, but he's going to give you a relationship with him, which is going to be more satisfying than any relationship of the flesh. So ask the Lord and say, okay, Lord, and, and in a time of humbleness, Say, Lord, all I did was say, Lord, if you're there, I'd like to get to know you. That's all I said. A week later, I was saved. And that's the beginning of that journey. Step two after you've been saved is lock yourself into the Bible. Lock yourself into the Bible. I would say read my translation, but honestly, it doesn't matter. You maybe shouldn't read my translation. Um, read any translation. I mean, even the worst ones give you a lot of what you need to know if you're having trouble read different ones right but start with the book of matthew that's where you start and read it 
so slowly like it's a meditative exercise because that is where the spirit that you've just received has come from it is the spirit of it is the spirit of god that now dwells within you and, and you'll know because you have enormous amount of momentum to bring you to that point enormous so in in summary if you're having difficulty finding a church okay and no church is going to be perfect only uh, well they should be <laughs> but they're not find one that has the simplest expression of faith that you can find that's it the simplest one you can find find one that's run by a gangbanger if he has lots of tattoos and facial tats and he's the pastor thing oh okay this guy could be pretty good someone who's lived a life and then has found the lord knows the raw the raw brutality of that gospel they know it if you if you're coming to a church and some guy in a shirt and a suit comes out and he has all these degrees and he's gone to this school and that school and he's don't you don't have raw gospel leave if the dogma is long and spurious and you have to do weird things leave if you're not feeling the spirit leave but ultimately know that your relationship is with the lord it's not found in a church it's not found with a pastor it's with the lord and the lord alone it's important to know well may uh, god bless you i hope this has been um, a word of encouragement today for you um, the lord loves you he wants a relationship with you he wants a deep relationship with you a deepened relationship with you i pray that if you've already received the spirit that you'll um, feel reinvigorated to go back into his word this is the word of god god wrote this book it's astonishing read that new testament read all about jesus to get back into the word and to make that really a, a bedrock of your spiritual life and also to make prayer a bedrock of your spiritual life important and for any um, aspects of religion that is clouding that relationship that you have with god i ask you um, i ask that um, those things will be loosened from you that scripture will show you what you need to know um, that your life will become based on scripture it will become a biblical life and that your relationship with the lord will just deepen so substantially over the next period of time i pray all of these things and i pray that you will um, uh, receive the blessing of wisdom the blessing of the lord and that you'll move on to um, experience more of that love in your life love which will blossom within you and become spiritual gifts the spiritual gifts of the spirit of love and um, may god bless you um, may he protect you and may you have a day.